0: Yes yes. yes, yes. Omega Watts in the house. Now, now, now let me set the table. Now, now, now let me set the table. Invited to the banquet. I'm glad that you could make it. Invited to the banquet. I'm glad that you could make and these it. And questions I ask myself when I question myself. What's up table? Yeah. Oh man. Hey, this is good. Can y'all hear me all right? Hey, this, this mic kind of keeps dipping below my chin. Is that a problem? Am I good? Okay. As long as y'all can hear me. If it dips any further and it's like weird, just look at the sound guy, because <laughs> it ain't me. Uh, no, but seriously, thank y'all for this opportunity to be here. Man, I, I, I'm, I'm a worshiper, so you got to give me a second because they kind of set something and then that bumper video came in and I was still kind of stuck at the worthy of it all point, so I'm just, I'm coming out of it, but it's a, it's a woosah. Um, I'll say this much, um, when you guys are singing, whether you know it or not, um, kind of what Anna was saying, um, that doesn't stay in this room, and, and, and I hope you realize that, that that sound goes from here straight to heaven's floor and into the ears of God, and it is absolutely 100% joining in with the rest of heaven. So, when you sing, when you do that, just know, man, y'all are shifting stuff, even for this church, that we don't even realize you're shifting, but you're doing it every Tuesday night. So can you just take a, a moment and give yourselves a hand for setting the, the environment? Yeah. Um, I am a happily uh, married man. I see my wife here tonight. Babe, wave your hand. You know I'm going to do it. I'm gonna, yeah. That's my boo thing right there, y'all. Um, but uh, as she said, uh, married 14 years, it'll be 15 in October, uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Say that, yeah. Uh, which is why I got her tat, uh, her signature on my arm. I got it tattooed on my arm, y'all. Uh, Earlier, I like to wear my heart on my sleeve, so I put it there. But um, married to her for 14 years, absolutely love her. She's she's my rock, um, and I am uh, a father of three. Do we have? Is that slide up yet? There they go. Y'all see him? Yeah. So the the one standing next to me that's tall, that's my daughter, Chloe. And she's my 11-year-old thespian. She's all things drama and all that kind of stuff. And then the little guy down at the bottom that's kind of going through the teeth phase type thing, that's my son, Sir Carter. And that is his name, Sir Carter. No Beyonce, you did not have it first, we did, okay? (laughs) Sir Carter is his name. And that's my musician, dude, can play anything. I mean, real talk, this guy can play bass, drums, um, piano, figure-out melody. He's my my little musician, but I love him. He's my only son. And then that little one in my arms right there, that's my little oopsie baby. (laughs) That is Zoe, all right? And Zoe is 100% giving us life right now, (laughs) 100%. Um, But I said oopsie, so let me just go ahead and take the poll. Do we have any other oopsie babies in the room? Uh, Yeah, that's all right, yeah, that's right. One time for the oopsies. Don't be ashamed. That's good. Um, I grew up across the street. For those who don't know my story, I grew up across the street at Richmond Heights. So I remember growing up and seeing this place over here and always wondering what it was like. I told staff here when I came and I became a part of the staff, I remember telling them I felt like I won the golden ticket and that I got into the Wonka factory. And when I got in here and saw what was happening, it was like an eye-opening experience because before then, all I saw was the building, I never really saw people coming out, never really saw anybody going in, and so it was this, this just this enigma to a place. So I'm glad that I had an opportunity to, to connect with my buddy Doug Pierce, and then from there a relationship was formed, a meaningful relationship, and here I am today. So, I just want to give y'all a little bit of what's on my heart, and, and then we're going to challenge y'all a little bit, and then we're going to keep it moving. But before I do, let me pray for us. Will you bow with me? Father, thank you for this beautiful evening that we have. God, I thank you for this group, this people, God, that are here Tuesday nights stirring stuff. And God, I pray that even as they continue to stir, Father, will you not allow it to just stay in this room? But God, will you allow it to explode out into the streets? So much so to where people start hearing about stuff jumping off at the table Tuesday nights. And all of a sudden, we open up our eyes and realize that Orlando's knocking at our door, trying to get in to the table. Because this really is a banquet for the broken. So give me a good speech so that I can talk clearly. And I'll thank you always. I appreciate you, Daddy. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right. Hey, I appreciate that. Uh, look, Where y'all get him from? Yeah. Hey. Yeah, you need to be with me all the time, bro. Um, 1926, there was a young man who decides to start a small group. Uh, It's not a church small group. Let me clarify that. This is actually uh, a group just for people that love literary, so books. Um, As a matter of fact, one of the members was actually a devout atheist. But again, that didn't matter. Why? Because they all stood on the common ground of loving books. They love stories. They love sagas. They love mythical worlds. So they would come together, and they would discuss literature, religion, philosophy, and ideas. They would read aloud stories as they themselves were working on, and they would give each other plenty of companionship and and criticism. And in the process of them hanging out and spending time together, they ended up rewriting the cultural history to modern times. Why? Because these men would go on to sell millions. Hear what I'm saying? Millions of books, and they actually ended up becoming very, very famous authors. I remember when I heard that story I actually I paused for a second, and the thing that jumped out at me was not that these guys sold millions of books. it wasn't even that they got famous. what jumped out to me was the meaningful relationship I mean I, I I started thinking of these guys, I could see them in my head all gathering together because they would gather at libraries, they would gather at pubs, wherever, and they would smoke their cigars, I'm not condoning smoking cigars, they would have their little drink, I am not condoning drinking, but they would get together and they would just chop it up and they would hang and they would vibe, they'd catch a vibe together, somebody say they'd catch a vibe, yeah. And I just started that and I went, I want that, not the smoking and the, and the drinking, but <laughs> I want the meaningful relationship. Like, I, 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 I could hear in my head these guys chopping it up over different things, like the philosophy and all this other stuff, and I said, man, I want the relationship that changes my world. And if I be 100 with you, I want the relationship that not only changes my world, but the relationship that has the potential to change the world. And so I started thinking on that, and as I was praying about, man, what am I going to talk about? I met with Josh, I met with Britt, and I'm just, I'm bouncing around, and slowly but for surely, God just started putting the pieces of the puzzle together. And here's the question that I ended up asking myself that I want to throw at you now. The question is this, how do we cultivate meaningful relationships? I'm going to say it to this side over here because that's not quiet. How do I cultivate meaningful relationships? relationships that's the question that's the question how do I get genuinely and authentically connected y'all all all know this as well as I do and y'all Gen Z well some of you all are probably most of you all are so you know what I'm about to say is absolutely true we live in a socially superficial world everything is about the surface There's nothing really deep anymore. You don't really have homies like you used to have homies back in the day. You don't really have BFFs the way that you used to have BFFs. Now we got followers. Now we got likes. Everything is superficial. And in that, you ask yourself, how do I cultivate a meaningful relationship? In a socially superficial world, how, how, how do I do it? How do I do it? And maybe you've felt this way before. Maybe you've asked yourself, maybe it hasn't come to you through hearing a story like the one I just told you, but maybe it's through the couples that you've seen, right? And I'm not talking about the IG couples, right? Because they could be superficial too. I'm talking about the couples that you've like seen for yourself, like, no, man, like they got a real good thing going, like they're for real, for real. I'm talking, I'm talking about the couples that it's like, if you talk about my spouse, I'm a Will Smithian. Yeah, is that too soon? Is it too soon? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Have you been to black church? (laughs) They like say it again. Yeah, I love it. Absolutely. These are things that you would see, or, or 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 maybe you saw, or maybe you felt. Like, uh, maybe maybe you felt this this need to want to cultivate a meaning, relate, meaningful relationship when you saw the working relationships. Like, you saw somebody on your job, and you're like, man, they joined the organization the same time I did. How in the world are they able to get into a good relationship like that? For the sports heads, I don't know about you, but, like, I remember, like, I had, I, I used to watch the, the basketball games, and I used to always tell myself, man, I want, I want that same kind of relationship that Jordan and Pippen had. I want that same kind of relationship that Steph Curry and, and Clay Thompson had. I want a splash, brother. i am a winged man? I want a wingman. man. I want to be somebody winged man. Think about that. Like, there's this need, there's this hunger, there's this longing that all of us feel, if we be honest with ourselves, to want to have a meaningful relationship. God knew that we would struggle, and God knew that we would want to have a meaningful relationship. As a matter of fact, we're not the first people to struggle. The good book, the Bible, tells us that people, even in the Bible, struggled with wanting to have meaningful relationships. How do I know this? I'm glad you asked. There's a guy named James, and he's the half brother of Jesus. But let me pause there. Can can you imagine Jesus being Jesus's brother, like growing up with this guy, like you got to live up to this kid? You know what I'm saying? Like think about it. Just just Jesus. Is probably like a little bit of heaven on earth to his parents. But you, in comparison, you, well, now you probably a little hell on earth. You see what I'm saying? Jesus always cleans his room, Jesus makes his bed, Jesus says his prayers. You say your prayers too, but your prayers are not as genuine as Jesus. Why? Because Jesus genuinely wants to talk to his father, and you just want to go to bed. Because you're tired. And you had a long day at work. You had a long day at school. You see what I'm saying? Like, this would be a tough thing. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm going on a tangent. Um, but, but James, half-brother of Jesus, ends up being a very wise, very wise person. And after his brother's resurrection, he actually helps to lead the church through some crazy and some hard times, which, honestly, they're not that different from today, meaning they have poverty. There was persecution going on. There was wars, right? They, they had all these crazy things going on. and James, being the leader that he is, had to lead these people through this time. So then James writes a letter. and James actually says, in this letter, because let, let me be clear, this letter was not just penned for the Jews. This letter was not just written. For the people in his city. This letter that James pens is actually written to anybody that's in the Jesus community. So he was writing it to you too. But Jesus wrote this letter. Sorry, James wrote this letter. And James was basically saying this in the letter. He was saying, listen, I'm not going to tell you something that you don't already know. I'm, 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 you know how to behave. I'm going to have to remind you of what it is, though. Like you, I don't have to give you new information. You know what it is. You know you're not supposed to hurt your brother. You know you're not supposed to be gossiping on your sister. You know what it is. And that's the vibe of this letter. That's the attitude of this letter. And so with this letter, James is kind of saying, if I bring it modern day times, James is saying, I've been on your IG. I've been on your social media platform. And now I'm going to get all in your business and I'm going to challenge you based based off what I saw on that platform. That's essentially what this letter should feel like when you read it. It's James jumping from one topic to another to check you on stuff that you already know. So this is where we find our, our text, okay? And I want to read it. It's James 119. I think they're going to throw it up on the screen James says this, he says, understand this, my brothers and my sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. I'm going to say it again. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. One more time. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. When you read this and you ask yourself the question, why would James tell these people that they need to be quick to listen and slow to speak? It's because you come to the answer that these people are not doing what they should be doing. Here these people are as the church and James is essentially saying, yo, the church is meant to be one body. I want you all to be in meaningful relationship so let me put you up on game regarding being together because y'all are all different you've got to be quick to listen slow to speak yeah i hear you and slow to anger here's the first reality that i want you to realize this is what i noticed when i read this text you ready for those who are writing listening is learning Remember when we went through that whole cultural phase? Maybe it was last year or maybe the year before. I can't keep up with the time. I got kids. But remember when that moment happened and you saw everybody popping up on their social media and they just said, I'm listening? Y'all remember that? Like, like that, that, that was an effort to say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm listening. I'm trying to learn your story. Listening is learning. And let me be fair to the talkers in the room. People that don't talk a lot are not necessarily good listeners. Okay, just like all slim people are not necessarily healthier than people with meat on their bones. (laughs) It's the same vibe, man. Just because somebody ain't talking doesn't mean that they listening to you. Because nine times out of ten, they may be in their own world kind of figuring out their own little thing. They're not listening to you. So don't be fooled by, oh, well, yeah, he talking to the talkers. No, I'm talking to everybody. Lottie, dotty, everybody. (laughs) All right. Got a buddy of mine named Mark Bird. He gave me a shout. And he was telling me about his wife and how uh, this was years ago. He said, yeah, man, I, I remember when my wife had cancer. And he said, she went to the doctor. Um, and he said, we went to the doctor. And at this time, they didn't know. They didn't know that she had cancer. But they went, and the doctor just walks in the room after all her stuff is done. And he just walks in and he says, hey, listen, we're going to do this. And then we're going to do this. And I want you to learn how to do this. And then we're going to do this. And I want you to learn how to do this. And we're going to do this. And then I want you to learn how to do this. And then he said, and I need you to do all that, I need you to learn all that, because your wife has cancer. And he was floored, and I remember he said, he, he finished with the doctor's appointment, but he stopped the doctor on the way out, and he was like, yo doc, let me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me get at you. Listen, why would you wait to tell me that my wife had cancer at the end? Why would you not lead out with saying, man, your wife got cancer? The doctor looked at him with a stern face, and he said, because Mr. Bird, I've been doing this a long time, And if I would have told you that your wife had cancer up front, you would not have listened to me. You would not have learned anything. So I needed to tell you that on the back end because I needed you to listen and learn. Listening is learning. You guys are in this series right now, the best things I've never been told. And so there's a proverb here that I think would be very, very good. For you all, Um, it should be up on the screen as well. You got that up there? There it is. It says, a truly wise person uses few words. A person with understanding is even-tempered. Even fools are thought to be wise when they keep silent. With their mouths shut, they seem intelligent. With their mouths shut, they seem intelligent. Why? Because the truth of the matter is that if you are listening, you are learning. Are y'all vibing with that? Are y'all getting what I'm saying to you? Listening is learning. Okay, I got to go. Second thing I noticed in this text was this. Being slow to speak brings clarity. Being slow to speak brings clarity. Just just raise your hand. Ain't nobody going to judge you. How many people have ever put your foot in your mouth? You ever heard that phrase like, oh, yeah, uh uh-huh, everybody in the room? Well, almost. Those, if you ain't got your hand up, you lying. <laughs> um, but seriously, like, being slow to speak, being mindful that I'm not just going to fly off at the mouth and say something to you, you oftentimes in that moment find good clarity. Let me take one more poll. How many people in the room, because again, this is somewhat Gen Z, and I'm, I, I'd be surprised to know. How many people in the room know this guy right here? Who can shout out his name? All right, yeah, good. Hi, Dana and Britt. Yeah. Well, because they hit me up. They were like, hey, I don't know if people going to know who Ray Charles is. I'm just be honest with you. i was like, what? People don't know Ray Charles? Like, what is going on? Like, but uh, y'all make me proud. Thank you. Y'all make me very, very happy. So now I can move forward with what I wanted to do. Um, it was June 1st, 1972, if I remember correctly. I wasn't born at that time. I did my homework, y'all. But 1972, June 1st, Ray Charles is being interviewed by a guy named Dick Cavett. Dick Cavett has Ray on this thing, and Dick looks over at Ray, and he says, Hey, Ray, I got to ask you a question. If I could wave a wand, Ray, and I can give you your sight back, because this guy was blind. He wasn't just looking like that just to look like that for those that don't (laughs) know. Yeah. If I can give you your sight back for a day, would would you want it? And I remember watching the interview with Ray. What's <laughs> doing, oh Well, wait. <laughs> well, well, you know, Dick. You know, if I be honest with you, Dick. You know, I got to say, you know, I, I, I like. I, I take the sight back, but if you're telling me that i got to have my sight back forever, well, then you know, Dick, I, I don't think I would want it back forever because, you know, Dick, as I understand it, being blind has its privileges, man. And, and, and I watch your show, Dick. I'm not just saying this to blow smoke up your dress. I'm, I'm, being, I'm being honest with you, Dick. I, I, I watch your show all the time, and I know people are sitting there and they're looking at like, well, what does he mean he watches the show? He can't, he can't watch it. He's, he's blind. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Oh, but you'd be surprised at what you can learn when you listen. Uh. Oh, you would be surprised. Why would you be surprised, Ray? Because when you're slow to speak and you listen, you see things differently. Being slow to speak brings clarity. Table, can I, can I, can I? ask y'all something? Can I just, for my own sake, can I just ask you something? Here's, Here's a question. What would make a blind man turn down his ability to have sight again? Think about that. What would make a blind man turn down the chance to see again? I'll tell you. It's him feeling like the sight that he already has, that his perspective that he gets from listening is better than physical, Sight. So why is it better? Because his world is shaped by listening. And if you can't listen, then you can't talk and be slow to speak. You you have to to listen. You have to listen. You have to listen. Could it be that sometimes the only sight that we need is a sound? Could it be that sometimes the only thing we need to see is what we actually hear? Like, 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 like maybe, maybe the sound of a friend's voice telling you that we're going to get through this thing together. That feels like a meaningful relationship. Maybe it's the sound of your little sister or your little brother, or if you got kids, your little kids laughing because you're making them laugh. That that feels like. A meaningful relationship. Maybe it's the sound of somebody telling you that Jesus loves you and that it's not a coincidence that you come to these table meetings on Tuesday nights and that this is a part of Jesus's plan and that he loves and he cares for you. Maybe, maybe that's it. That feels and sounds like a meaningful relationship. The only thing that you have to be blind to in order to be a better listener is your selfishness. And that's facts. All right, I'm gonna, I, I want to go further in that, but I'm not because it's my first time at the table and I want to come back and I want y'all to be my friends. So I'm not going to hit y'all upside the head with that. But for real, for real, y'all know it. We live in a culture that does not listen well. In fact, some of you all are probably sitting here right now and admitting to yourself, yeah, you know what? I, 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 man, I am bad at that. you kind of reading my mail right now. I, I, am, I am bad at that. You probably remember having coffee or hanging out with a friend and while they were talking, you weren't really listening because you were too busy trying to think of a response. Oh, somebody just said, mm, that was you. <laughs> right? If you haven't figured it out already, let me tell you the best advice that I never got. If I had known this, it would have saved me so much effort and created many more meaningful relationships in my life. You ready? You ready? The best advice I never got is to just listen, 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 okay. Listen to my professors as they taught me from their experiences. Listen to my granddaddy as he sat me down at his table in the kitchen with my wife and said, boy, if you ain't got trust with this woman, you ain't got nothing. Listening to my wife talk to me at night at times and say, baby, I see so much in you, and I promise you, you are going to be amazing. God is going to do amazing things with your life, but you just got to trust him. Listening to my mom as she says, baby boy, listen, life ain't fair. It ain't going to ever be fair. But if you trust God and you put him first and you work hard, I promise things will work out for the best. I wish I would have listened. I wish I would have listened. I wish I would have listened. And you're sitting here tonight, and you're saying, Jared, I hear you, man. Uh, you, yeah, like, you're checking the mark. I got you. I want to I wanna have a meaningful relationship, and I, I want to be a better listener in order to get there, but, but how? How do I do that? How do I do that? I want to give you two quick steps. I, 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 I can't unpack it all, um, but, but I, I'll say this much. Um, if you go back and you read that James text, you'll see that the last thing that they say is slow to anger. And I remember talking to Josh about this, and he started unpacking. He didn't even realize he started preaching to me in his office, but we were sitting there talking, and all of a sudden, he, like Josh only does, he kind of looked away, and he was like, I think, I think, what I hear you saying. <laughs> Y'all know Josh. Like, he just started putting the pieces of the puzzle together. And he was like, I think, I think anger is actually the result of not being slow to speak and being quick to listen. And when he said that, it didn't hit me at the time, but as I started studying the text more, and as I sat with it, and I'm praying for y'all, and I'm saying, God, please help me not to waste these folk time, it dawned on me, I mean, it really did, that that makes perfect sense. What do you want to do if you want to keep people from getting into meaningful relationships? You make them mad at each other. It's why there's a color line. Because whether you believe it or not, there are things that are unseen that's making us divided. They don't want us to be in meaningful relationships. So what do they do? They get us pissed at each other. They make us real mad at each other. And then all of a sudden we start coming out sideways out the mouth at each other. And then we stop listening to each other. And James reverses that thing and we don't even realize it. he's like, no, 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 instead, why don't you, why don't you listen to each other? Because when you listen to each other, you're going to learn something about each other. And when you learn something about each other, you're going to draw a little bit closer. And when you get a little bit closer, you're going to find that you actually love this person. Like, this is my bro. This is my sis. It don't matter what color. It don't matter where they're from. They could be Asian, black, Latina, Latino, white, whatever. I don't matter. Russians, it don't matter. Like, this is my bro. You know what I mean? Like, they want us mad at each other. But if we listen, if we listen, if we listen, we can be in meaningful relationships. And I, I listen, you don't got to take my word for it, just try it. My best friend today is a guy that attends this church. And, and most people that know me know that Doug Pierce is one of my, I told him, I said, man, if the good Lord called me home before you, which I hope he done, and I hope it's a long time from now, but you're going to carry my casket out. You got to be one of the bros that's sitting on the front row. Why? I don't care okay, he's white. I don't care okay, he's from Arkansas. That's the homie. <laughs> huh? You can tell him I said it. <laughs> that is my brother. How do we get there? How do we enter into that meaningful relationship? I tell you, it's because we sat down the road at Oli's Soul Food Restaurant and we listened to each other. We listen to each other. We listen to each other. OK. I'm just trying to all right. two steps. <laughs> two steps that's going to help you to be a better listener. Here it is. Step one: stop talking. All the talkers laugh. It's like, impossible. No, it ain't. Stop talking. Step one to being a better listener is to stop talking. I remember my wife, and she's here, so sorry, babe. Um, but I remember she got into the car one day, and she was livid at a coworker, and she just started going off. And I remember, I'm thinking, all right, this is a classic spouse mad. If you're not married yet, or if you plan on getting married or whatever, just know when it comes, you got to be Ready? But she got in the car, she was livid, she started flying off. Yo, man, this person did this, that, that, and the other. And I'm thinking, I'll be husband slash girlfriend. What? No, she didn't. (laughs) Are you kidding me? It was that, right? And eventually, she just got tired of it, and she just said, would you stop? And I remember going, what? (laughs) She was like, here it is. I just wanted you to Listen. I was like, so you don't want me to solve this problem? Because this is what men do, baby. We solve the problems of the world. And she's like, no, I didn't want you to solve the problem. I just needed you to listen. I just needed to get it out. I just needed you to listen. And that always resonated with me. Man, i never forget that. Uh, It was also brought to my my attention, not in that conversation, but in in my research for this, that the same letters that are in the word listen are the same letters that are in the word silent. Did y'all know that? Hey, come on now, read, read, this is facts, y'all. Listen, okay, last step. Step number two, stop thinking of a response. You wanna be a better listener? Then when you're listening to somebody, stop trying to think of a response. That's how you'll be a better listener. Again, I'm gonna go back to my wife, cause she here and she, she, like I know her, and so we we vibe like this, I love you, babe. Um, There was another instance where I remember um, I came home and we were talking and I remember she looked at me and she said, um, she was talking and I'm thinking, listening ears. Um, so I'm staring at her and I'm staring at her and eventually she said, you're not even listening to me. And I was like, what? How you know? <laughs> 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 what? <laughs> well, and it wasn't that I wasn't listening to this that I was trying to think of a response. Because she was like dropping all this stuff on me, into my head. I'm like, okay, when she say that, okay, mentally, no, I know the, I know the answer to that. I'll wait for her to finish and then I'll I respond. But she was absolutely right. I was not listening. I was trying to think of a response. Another fun fact for you. The most sincere forms of respect is listening. You want to respect somebody? R-E-S-P-E-C-T? Listen to them listen to them. Let me, let me pull back to where I started, and I'm, I'm done. You remember I told you about those authors at the beginning and, and how they had they hang club and it was this literary club and they had good vibes and those jokers went on to sell millions of books and such and such. Y'all remember I said that, right, right, right? Give me a nod or something, yeah, okay, great. Um, Here's something else that was developed out of that hang, a meaningful relationship between one of those authors who was an atheist and the author that actually started the group. And history tells us that the author who started the group went over to the atheist one day and said, hey, man, I know we've been reading. I know we've been vibing. It's been good. There's another book, though, that we need to read that has an amazing storyline, but the difference between this book and all the other sagas that we've been reading is that this story is true. He was talking about the Bible, and the story goes on to say that that atheist took that Bible and started to read it, fell in love with the story, and fell in love with the God of the story, and eventually gave his life to Jesus Christ, and his whole life was changed, where did it begin with that meaningful relationship? The gentleman who told the atheist about the Bible and led him to Jesus Christ into that growing relationship, his name is J.R.R. R. Tolkien. He's the author of The Lord of the Rings and so forth and so forth. And that atheist that he led to Jesus Christ was a young man named C.S. Lewis, who's the author of The Chronicles of Narnia see what I'm saying what would have happened if he hadn't listened what would have happened if he hadn't developed that meaningful relationship I got a better question for you what would happen if we listened? if we entered into meaningful relationships I'll tell you what'll happen we'll change the world table not only will our lives be changed but everybody we come in contact with that we enter into a meaningful relationship with their lives will change so tonight I want to offer you an opportunity you may already know Jesus Christ and that's great I'm gonna get to you in a second but if you don't know him tonight is a night that I hope my heart my prayer is that you'll enter into a meaningful relationship with you let me dispel this lie real quick though You don't have to come to him perfect. As a matter of fact, you'll never be perfect. Ain't y'all slogan, uh, a banquet for the broken? Like, Don't feel like you gotta have it all together before you decide to make that next step with Jesus. That ain't the way he rolled. Matter of fact, Jesus... Hung out with people who were nothing like Jesus Like it's just the way he wrote, he loved it He loved the controversy He loved the fact, no, I want to get with the tax collector And the prostitute And my dude over here who like ear cutting Like I'm with it <laughs> Let me go with those guys Don't put me in here with the churchy churchy people I want to go out there with the, with the, with the broken folk So I say that to say like If that's your hang up If you're like well I, I, I don't know if I'm ready to enter into that relationship with Jesus Listen, just just hear me just take the step and get into the relationship with Him. I promise you, it's going to be the most meaningful relationship that you've ever had in your life. If you already have a relationship with Jesus Christ, then I'm going to ask that tonight you invite Him again into that meaningful relationship. Because we can all use some renewal. There's never a day that goes by where I don't sit back and kind of think to myself, man, you know, I, I, God, I can do better. You've done right by me. I, I, can, I can do this better. Let me let me step up to the plate a little bit more. Listen, meaningful relationships, meaningful relationships are the relationships that change the world, and you can have it if you listen. Let me pray for your table. Father, thank you for this evening. Again, God, this opportunity to simply listen. God, it's not a coincidence that everybody who's in this room is in this room. You knew it was going to happen before the world was created. Why? Because you had us on your mind. Your word is true. Before the the world was framed, you knew us. And so, Father, I pray that even tonight, God, as we invite you to meet us here again, as we invite you to be into this meaningful relationship with us all over again, Father, will you please respond? Will you please be with us? We will listen. And as we listen, change our lives for the rest of our lives from the inside out. We honor you. We love you. We thank you. It's by your Holy Spirit we pray. Amen and amen.